Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Cafe Confessions. I'm one half of your show, Brie. And I'm the other half, Shalika. Hi, Shay. So what's been going on with you this week? How are you doing? Um, doing well. Just came off of a week off and celebrating multiple birthday celebrations. So I am now trying to get back into the swing of things and I am drained. I am drained. I am drained. I'm trying to keep up and I'm just coming down off of a high. So I feel like very mellow right now, Uh, but doing well nonetheless. Okay. So you said you were celebrating multiple birthdays. Whose birthdays? I mean, I know yours was one of them, but who else did you celebrate? Yes. Yes. So, I mean, when I was saying multiple birthdays, I I meant for myself, I had multiple birthday celebrations. (laughs) Um, but I was also celebrating my cousin's birthday. So, you know, I just feel like honestly, all of summer is somebody's birthday. And then when it gets to mine, like I have been feeling like, Ooh, okay, let's just get over this hump. But for this birthday, I was actually really excited for it to come up because as you know, I went to go see Yonsei and Mm -hmm. that was fun. I have become an even more of a fan, I should say, like after seeing her in action, like, it, it was amazing. It's nothing short of amazing. I mm. I feel like my entire algorithm now is just Beyonce. I've been looking up old interviews, just like looking up old performances. <laughs> like I feel like a born again fan, if that makes sense. Yeah. But yes, yes, it was um it was very very fun. And then um celebrating my cousin's birthday as well. He has truly become like one of my best friends. Like, mm. and it's just been fun just getting closer to family and yeah so ah that is amazing and yes it is it is a Virgo season because I love Virgos Mm. I mean I think I say this at least once every three episodes but like favorite sign of all time uh love you guys so much all my friends are Virgos so I had this last week celebrated four birthdays like I didn't get to see you but yours was in there um I cannot get away from the Virgos. Like, actually, five. No, I'm missing my, my younger sister, too. So, Virgo season for me is quite just, like, expensive or I'm, like, ran down <laughs> around yes. this time. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I had to keep it light. Uh, have your gift. But I had to keep it light. I had to get all my friends kind of, like, the same thing, which we'll talk about in a second in Love okay. a Latte. Um, because, yeah, I'm like, look, your girl is still unemployed. Y'all running my pockets y'all gonna get this knowledge <laughs> i appreciate it you run your own pockets because you don't ever have to give me anything i just i just i don't feel like i am a person where you have to give me a gift like i just like to feel celebrated and loved like that doesn't cost money that doesn't that doesn't cost anything I but understand. i appreciate it so thank you well yeah i'm sorry i'm gonna have to unwrap your gift on the episode but let's talk about <laughs> it fine. um and love it a latte so drinks what are you drinking Right now, I'm drinking water out of this birthday mug. I I don't know what it's called, but yeah, it basically keeps things cool or keeps them hot. You know, that little thing on the inside. And I feel like I've been drinking a lot more water since getting this last week. Like, I cannot wait to fill this thing up and just mm. keep my ice in it. And it's just lovely. Yeah. I feel like I haven't. So I was, I know I've been drinking a lot of water. But that's not because I've been drinking a lot of alcohol. I actually have not drank that much for my birthday. Not like I have a problem or anything, but like I just feel like when there's a birthday celebration or any sort of celebration, when it's the weekend, really, 
like we're always drinking something. So I just feel good. I'm just like, you know, I just took it easy this year and I really brought in 33 just, uh, you know. Oh, your Jesus clean year. one. Yeah, my Jesus year for sure. Mm. And I'm feeling very blessed. Okay. Love mm. that. Show mm-hmm. up for us. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yes, Jesus year. Um, speaking of Jesus and wine and all that, I stopped drinking. I'm actually... For sure, one month sober as of okay. this week, as of the sixth. Um, yeah, this this has been difficult, and it's not even like sobriety for like short term. Like I'm definitely trying to like stick with it for as long as I possibly can. Like hopefully years, and yeah, it's solely based on like I miss drinking. This has been the most difficult time. I have had the most stressful month and I'm so, I didn't realize how much I coped. Like I'm gonna go get a beer. Mm. I'm gonna go walk down to the brewery. I'm gonna just go drink my ass off, whatever, whatever. I went to boxing. We have a little underground boxing ring here in Long Beach on Thursdays. I have not been able to go to boxing because I'm tempted to drink when I'm in there. Like, after I, a boxing workout, you want to drink? No, no, oh no, I'm not boxing. We, it's a, it's an underground boxing match. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, cool. All right, you trying to get in the ring? Okay. No, 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 no. Watching it. I am okay. watching boxing. So one of our um, clubs here, they host Thursday nights underground boxing, and that was like me and Sadell's like Thursday night ritual. Every Thursday night, we went and got a round of beers and we watched a round of knockouts. Okay. So. That it's been difficult. I've been missing uh, it's that it's a healthy form of aggression for me. I get to go down there and watch people punch each other, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I walk out of there feeling light as a feather. You know, I'm like, thank you. I needed to see some some punches. Oh, healthy gosh, okay. aggression, anger treatment for me. Got you. Got you. So yeah, no drugs, no alcohol, no fighting. Um, mm. I'm just trying to live a clean. Wait, you girl. wait, wait. You cut off the boxing too. Because I can't, if I go down there, I'm going to get a drink. Okay, I got you. And you're still like, it's only a month in. You don't want to be tempted. I don't want to be tempted. No, but um, the reason why, like, the reason why I'm I'm not drinking is because I do feel like my channels get blocked. Like, the work that I do is energetic work. I'm trying to step into, like, my own business, you know, with, like, holding ceremony space. And I just can't afford the price of having my channels blocked or like recovering from a hangover anymore, you know? So pray for me, y'all, because this has not been easy. It's hard. And I feel like when you get older, like I have so many friends who are like, oh, I drank last night and now I'm miserable. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, our friend Lo, she might, I think she might be allergic to alcohol now. Like it's, it's really it's hard when you get older, like you can't just bounce back like you used to. Um, and you know, there's other ways to have fun. Like I know a lot of times, like when we're in a, you know, with our groups, it's, it's so easy to just be like, let's peer out a, or pull out a brew or, you know, let's take some shots or whatever. And, you know, that's fine if you can do it, but you know, after a while, like if it starts eating at you, or if you feel like you're not, as connected as you once were, you know, that's okay to just put it down. You can find other things to do. Like maybe have a mocktail night. Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to go down to boxing when you're feeling a little bit more comfortable, take you one of them non-alcoholic beers. Like, you For know, sure. Heineken sells them. So they sure do. You feel like you're, you're still there. And I'm sure every, like if it's next to a brewery, they have to sell, well, not a brewery, but like if it's next to a bar, typically they do sell non-alcoholic beers too. So you're still getting that taste. Mm-hmm. It's just without the alcohol. Without you the know? alcohol. 
So there's yes. there's ways around it for sure. There is. It totally is. And I have. I have been indulging um, every now and again on some non-alcoholic beers. And, you know, that's been getting me over. But I've really been... Um, I want to talk to Lo because, yes, I do feel like I'm allergic to something about I could take one shot of alcohol and be jacked up the next day. Like, yeah, that's her headaches, laying in bed, sick to my stomach. Like, I just I can't process it. I could drink as many beers as I want, though. Um, yeah. And that's problematic. But I don't know if she drinks <laughs> beers, but I know for sure she's a she's a light drinker. So like maybe vodka, tequila sort of thing. So I would mean, I would talk to her and see, you know, what she has to say about it. But it sounds kind of similar to what she's been going through. So yes. maybe just be time to hang up that that coat on that one. So yeah, put, <laughs> put it on the wall. On the wall. <laughs> on the wall yes maybe you can even try to start mixing some things and create your own concoctions you know like what if you made a non-alcoholic ipa i don't know the brewing process but something similar like i feel like that would you know that would be something amazing well i have to thank you and um your friends because y'all have showed up in a dream and the dream plane for me and put some things into perspective and I really am seriously when I say like I'm grateful I really am because I feel like when I'm in the dream space like you know your little astro bodies were on a different level and y'all had showed me some stuff um you had invited me over to Karis's house for the CCC party and I didn't make it I didn't make it but in the dream I showed up Mm. and you guys were like oh we got a like shot ready for y'all and I was like oh I brought you guys some elixirs because I can't drink anymore, but just in case, like, y'all want to partake in some of these potions that I created from herbs. And everybody was like, oh, we're interested. We're interested. And I pulled out a joint for y'all that I rolled with Blue Lotus. I've made, like, six or seven. And we all smoked them. And we just went into another level. Another level. Mm -hmm. And you were like, is this what you do when you say ceremony? And I was like, yeah, this is what I do. Like, this is how I hold space. And I was like, it's very interesting because I didn't plan on that tonight. And I told my homegirl, she was like, uh, yeah, the Blue Lotus is asking you to hold space for it. I've been working mm-hmm. with Blue Lotus for two years, but I have not taken it to that level, that seriousness. So I'm sitting with Blue Lotus every single day as much as I can. Right now I'm drinking Blue Lotus tea. Nice. I smoked some Blue Lotus earlier because I feel like I have to sit with it as much as I possibly can to hold space and ceremony. And hopefully we get to host, I get to host y'all at the end of this month. You know, it, it's really crazy because when you hit me up asking about, you know, would we be interested in this? I was like, that's kind of perfect timing because I was just talking to Karis or Karis brought it up to me about Blue Lotus, like sharing a video with me. And I'm just like, whoa, like. Did you talk to Br- I was just thinking like when you hit me up like did y'all have a conversation or something because literally the next day you were like I want to hold space and I want to put on this ceremony um with Blue Lotus and I'm just like this is too on point and then for you to say you had a dream was just like wow okay yeah but yeah I'm I <laughs> I feel like if that wasn't confirmation then I'm not sure what is but Oh that uh, was for sure confirmation. If you haven't noticed you and I, even down to last week, we had our little matching necklaces that we got mm-hmm. completely separate. Let's literally, hi, my love. We have we have Jaleel in the in the background waving. Um, shout out to Jaleel, <laughs> Jaleel. Um, but <laughs> he's talking like, what the hell? <laughs> he can't even hear you, but when he listens to this, he's gonna be week, laughing. He's gonna be like, ah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like 
All we're I was going to say, yeah, we're connected on a spiritual level. And like, I live my life by those signs. And that is how I say, trust your intuition, listen to your inner compass, because you get the messages. Like, I didn't know Karis was trying to smoke on some Blue Lotus. And it just <laughs> happened to show up in a dream where she was like, I'm interested in this. And then my friend was like, girl, this is your job now. So, yeah, Egyptian blue lotus, it is ancestral. It is a flower. It is a water lily that was growing on the banks of the Nile River. And they almost use it as a psychedelic there in ancient Egypt. Um, I'm going to be infusing it in wine. So I will be drinking wine ceremonially, but not like to get drunk. Um, Sitting with the flower, sits in the flower for two weeks in the wine and then we drink that we also smoke it and they would use it for social parties they would use it to expand their consciousness they believed it represented like rebirth because the lotus flower um expands in the morning when the sun is rising and closes at dawn right so representing that life and death cycle and they would also use it as an aphrodisiac so it could get a little sexual it could get a little sensual yeah (laughs) it's a very adult flower okay so yeah. it's gonna have me calling Jalil like, "Come get me right yeah. now!" <laughs> I, I got y'all. I got something planned. I got something planned just in case things arise. You know, You're moistening crazy. is happening. We got some movement. <laughs> Not moistening. I'm done with you. <laughs> yeah. So thank you all for listening to my Blue Lotus intro. But today's segment is love it a latte. Love it a latte. What do you love? What do you love it? On? What I love. What I love is the fact that. Beyonce played every bit of Virgo's Groove at her concerts. Ooh. Every bit of it. That's your bop. That is my song. I know you don't really care for it, but, you know, that's okay. It grew on me. It grew on me. It grew on me. Oh, 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 oh. Now it grew on you. Okay. Yeah, whatever. Anyways, when I tell, well, you know what? I'm going to let you have that because you know what grew up on, grew on me was Pure Honey. Like, Mm -hmm. at the concert, I was like. I have a new respect for this song. Like I really mm. do. So there were a few songs like that. And I was like, Oh, I'm, I'm vibing with this. Like it just, I feel like music, you have to hear it in the right space to really appreciate it. It's kind of like when people have like druggy music, smokers music, that sort of thing. You don't get it until you're there. Like uh-huh. I didn't really get the weekend until I started smoking. And then one day I was like, <laughs> I heard a song by The Weeknd and Wiz Khalifa. And I was like, whoa, like, this is what they're talking about. You know? Okay. <laughs> I did, it really yeah. happened. It happened under under cannabis. So when I tell you, she played every bit of Virgo's Groove, especially my favorite little rift and run that she does at the end. I listened to all six minutes of that song just to get to that part. But what I really love about it was that she did this little mashup. And let me just tell you, I had to write down all of the songs that she mashed up with this. She did Say My Name, Speechless, Cater to You, Dance for You, Signs, which is my all-time favorite Beyonce song. I love Signs. Like, that is my favorite song. And Rock It. Let me just, let me just play it for you so you hear what I'm hearing, Okay. Oh, 
You, you Ooh, wow. Right? Yeah. And can I just that say. That is the Beyonce genius there. That, hello? Yeah. Like, That's the artistry. Hello? That is the being able to know your work so well, to see what speaks to one another, to be able to create something new with something you've already created. That is the artistry. That is the mm. genius. <laughs> mm. yeah. And, you know, we I went to the Vegas show and I went to night one of the LA show. And just listening to that specific part with all the other concerts, I felt like she did it the best in Vegas. Mm. Like, and can I also just say, this is about to turn into a hated a latte. I hate that you have spent all this money to go see Beyonce and you're not paying attention to the fact that when she says go on mute, that means go on mute. And it's usually not us who's talking. And I truly feel like y'all are buying up her tickets to be there to purposely ruin this for her. Because what, what part don't you get? Everybody is quiet. Like what part, What what's not clicking for you that she wants you to shut the hell up during this part? I was so disappointed in LA. I'm like, seriously, like, and looking around, I'm just like, y'all just bought tickets because it's like, oh, it's something to do. Now, granted, go ahead, put money in sis pockets. But if you never listen to the album, if you never listen to the song, what are you really doing here? Mm-hmm. If you're not even going to follow, if you, you could follow TikTok to see what you wanted to wear, but you couldn't follow any of the TikToks that said, we want you to be mute when it's time to be mute and not speak mm-hmm. again until she tells you. So that's my little mm-hmm. hated, hated a latte mixed in with my love of the latte. But Virgo's Groove will forever, ever, ever, ever be one of my favorite songs from her. And especially with this. Yeah, that it was sounded absolutely phenomenal. It was gorgeous and just, I like how she even, um, I saw the video of her like giving, I want to say it was a Tamara Maori, her flowers mm-hmm. by like singing on her, I think it was her birthday. Yeah, it was her on her birthday. Birthday, birthday mm-hmm. concert, like, girl, she just be knowing. It reminds me if you've ever seen, there's a movie I want to say, oh, it's a show. It's uh, The Bear. Have you ever seen The Bear? On I've seen The Bear. Yes. Yeah, okay. Sure. Um, yes. Do you know when he was like, <laughs> we create the experience for the guests like I want you to research the guests I want you to know like what they're here for how they're celebrating when he went to do that um internship did you see season two Mm -hmm. at that Mm -hmm. nice restaurant it almost felt like that like Beyonce took the time and care to be like who's coming to my concert who's gonna be sitting around here how can I make them feel special because I'm providing a service they're having the experience how do I make this a lifetime you know, she's a celebrity of celebrities. So oh, I absolutely. genuinely feel like she does her research. Yeah. I feel like she has a team. Like, okay, Tamara Mari's coming tonight. So is Kim Kardashian and whoever else, you know? Mm. Okay. I feel like she was just more in tune with like her crowd. Like, you know, mm-hmm. obviously you're singing to a crowd. You're looking in there and you're searching for familiar faces or just being in awe. But I mean, I could, because uh, I mean, obviously, Diana Ross being there singing happy birthday to you. Like maybe you didn't know Diana Ross was going to sing happy birthday, but you knew she was going to be there. Like that yes. was, you know, yeah. So I, I hear what you're saying, but I also feel like, I feel like Beyonce gets surprised just as much as us when she sees a familiar face mm. and like just her giving that little head nod to like, I see you girl, you know, love you. Let me give you a little, you know, something. something. For you. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was like, I thought that was really cute. And I, you know, she didn't have to do that. But the fact that she did, it's like, that's how you make your fans feel special, you know? Yeah. So, and also giving them concerts and giving them an extra day and just trying to be as accommodating as possible. So 
I feel like I would absolutely go see her show again yeah, and again. She's a great again. performer. Great she performer. Is. She is. Uh, well, I'm glad that you had a beautiful birthday weekend. Thank and you. You got to see me twice. Uh. I, did. I did. I did. I did. <laughs> well, my love of latte is not as exciting by any stretch of the imagination, but Damn. it is. I was going to do. I hated a latte because I couldn't find a love a latte. And I was like, actually, no, I have something. So I got all my friends, including myself and Sadell, Virgo season. I was like, we are going to get into a book together. And I got oh. all you guys. I got you guys this book. It's called The Artist's Way. Have you ever heard of this book? No, but I feel like it looks familiar. Like that t- that cover looks familiar. It's so popular right now. Um Okay. So actually it's old, but it's all about, it's all for artists. And I don't know what you're thinking. Like, I'm not an artist. We are all creators. We are all artists. And it's about a spiritual path pathway to clear any creative blockages. So it's a 12 week mm-hmm. program. You check in once a week, you do the, read the chapters and she has like a workbook for you. But I've heard that this work has been very transformational for people. So like for me example, I'm out of work right now. I'm trying to start my own business. Like that is creation. I needed to be broken out of like my cycle of repetition. Sadell, he's trying to get his shit together in his corporate America job. He's trying to get all the information he can because he's a manager. So being creative with how you manage your team, being creative with how you show up and solve problems. You know, one of our other friends is a breathwork facilitator. So being creative in how you facilitate holding space for that. Literally anything you do is art. Everything you do is creation. And she has a piece in there where she's like, God is the creator. Like we always refer to God as the creator, but we don't see ourselves as an expression of his creation who are also creators as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, you're right. And she's like, and we always see artists, but never creator. Like you are a creator. And I think I told you a couple weeks ago, I had a really horrible uh, mushroom ceremony by myself. <laughs> and in that ceremony, the message was when your back is against the wall, create create literally so this has just been in my like repertoire and i feel like gifting knowledge is like my new thing now i want to give people more information new worlds so yes something small but i hope it changes your life mine and the rest of our friends too i love that thank you so much (laughs) you're welcome that is so sweet yes let me come get my book because that is so i love that and it's very thoughtful and i feel like that's all people really, well, I would say for me, I can't speak for everyone, but for me, I love a thoughtful gift. I love that you saw something, thought of me, obviously in your other friends, but you thought of us and was like, I want to give this to you. Like, here is my gift to you. And I hope that you really take a look at this. I really hope that this changes things for you. And for me, that's like, I want to see my people win. I want to see be pulled out of like whatever it is that's blocking you or whatever it is that you're dealing with and like really enjoy life doing the things that you want to do. So thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. That is all. That is all I want. I want to see y'all all all thrive in your perspective, respective spaces. Also different, but all equally creators. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Okay, so after that segment with our Love It A Latte, you know we got to get into the topic. This is the last final part of our Insecure deep dive and recap. We are getting into the character analysis of all the characters on the show that have 
change something, spark something, create mm-hmm. a conversation. Mm-hmm. But you know, before we get into that, we got to start the show. Let's start the show. I'm Bree. And I'm Shalika. And we are two long-term friends who get together once a week to chat over coffee or tea. Join us as we talk about all things black, white, and in between with With Cafe Cafe Confessions. Okay, everybody, welcome back. So before we get into today's topic, which is the character analysis recap for Insecure, we got to do our segment, Tea Over Tea, talk about what is going on in the world, girl. What's happening in your world? Ooh, you want me to start? Okay, Mm -hmm. so I came across this uh, series of TikToks from this, um, you know what? Actually, I don't know what they identify as, but I'm going to say them. Their name is Kerrigan Cole. And they went on TikTok basically saying that they had relations with Mr. Blueface, right? Saw that. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. So posting alleged videos of um, them kissing Blueface on the stomach and all that, all for them to turn around and say, oh, you know, I was just having fun basically because Blueface and his baby mama always want to start some drama. I wanted to stir the pot with him. Now- I am all for running blue face through the mud. I honestly feel like he has had some sort of relations, Um, maybe not with this person, but I feel like that's a very dangerous place to be in because if something's just not true, it's, it's not true. And you shouldn't be out there spreading false information. Now they did say, however, the DMS were real and eventually they'll uh, release them. But You know, it could have been anything. It could have been like a thank you or whatever. So at that point, it's going to be hard to believe you if you're out here basically saying someone is a part of your community and they're not. We saw Mm -hmm. that with Sydney Starr and Chingy and how, you know, in the past that basically ruined Chingy's reputation and rise to fame. Like it was cut very, very short. And I just would hate for anyone else to be in that position. Now, Don't get me wrong. I'm not defending Blueface in any way, but I just don't agree with someone lying on someone saying that there's something or they've done something that they haven't done. Um, I will commend him on how he responded to this because that was very mature. He was like um, the LGBTQT community needs to hold this person accountable because this is wrong and I don't plan on suing this person, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, that's grown of you. He's still a piece of shit nonetheless, but I just don't agree with how uh, Kerrigan Cole went about that. Um, I, I Honestly, it's just a form of bullying to me. And, you know, but I will still say this. I do feel like Blueface is very much in that community as well. But until we get some hard evidence from someone else, it's kind of like the boy who cried wolf. It's like mm-hmm. if people are saying that you did something and then they, you have solid evidence that it's not you, like for that um, example, the tattoos and a match. And then he ended up coming or they end up coming out and saying, Oh, it wasn't him. I was just playing a prank or whatever. Um, what happens when it really does happen? And people are going to be like, Oh, we saw this story before blah, blah, blah. Not that it's anyone's business, but I also just feel like we shouldn't just be doing the nonsense. Like if, if they are gay, if they've had, they're on the DL, whatever it is that they want to call themselves, you know, let them be the ones to basically come out. Like, I don't feel like you should be trying to force someone out the closet until they're ready. 
So that is actually very dangerous. And uh, another part of that is, yeah, you being a person in that community, you should know better. Mm. I feel like why now if if he sent you those messages because he was originally like it started off with a DM type of thing. And he's like, the DMs are real. Right. Okay, if he sent you the messages, why would you hold on to that right now? I also have a problem with this racially as well. I feel like a lot of non people of color are trying to get in any way that they can in black culture Mm -hmm. and trying to like siphon likes, views or whatever from anywhere like even the lady who had the braids last week the white woman who had the braids i'm not even sure oh yeah it mm-hmm. was very obvious that this type of individual was just trying to get a reaction right yes. just trying to utilize black culture for virality um with the consciousness of knowing people are going to be upset with me so i'm going to do it because i want to push my music right same thing with this character oh people are going to it's going to go viral i'm going to be able to push my instagram page push my photos because he did not hesitate to plug himself oh look at me she a baddie she knows she a 10 in the beginning of that you know first initial tiktok to like i'm looking like a bad bitch he was really promoting himself the whole time it was all about him it's very narcissistic i am in a state where I'm seeing the bullshit. I think I told you last season or in the beginning of this season, we're in the age of Aquarius. So a lot of stuff is going to start coming to surface that we're like, that's something that's off with that. Like Mm -hmm. forever, we were kind of like, oh, whatever. That's just how the world works. Like no big deal. Now it's very much like, ooh, like I'm seeing it and I'm not liking this. I can't, it doesn't sit well with me. And there's a lot of things that are going on like that. A lot of stuff, even the whole Oprah and the rock thing, asking for money for Maui. If you heard about that, I'm not sure. No, but, I didn't. Oh, hear about they're that. under fire because they were like, "Yeah, we're starting a fundraiser. We put in ten million, $10 million dollars. We need you guys to donate as much money as you possibly can so that we can get them taken care of in Maui." And everybody's like, "What the fuck? This is you're a billionaire. We're in a recession. People are homeless. People can barely afford food. Why the fuck are you a billionaire asking us to donate fucking money? How about right. you get in the elite pockets?" So people are yeah, just you write that shit off and then get your money back. So I'm not understanding. Ten million is probably nothing to you, girl. Nothing, and it would take thousands upon thousands of regular working class people to come up with ten million dollars. So Hello. I feel like y'all could t- don't put this on us, and it's just like shit like that. 10 years ago, oh my God, we all have to help donate to, you know, Haiti, donate here, donate there, donate everywhere. People are not doing that no more because we're like, is that money even being sent to those people who need the help? Mm -hmm. We're seeing through the bullshit. I feel like there's a lot of shit that's coming up to the surface and this Hollywood shit is just not working out for anybody anymore. I really Mm -hmm. don't see it being beneficial. We're past the days of like mega celebrities. Like obviously the living ones, Beyonce, right is a mega celebrity people who have already been in that road i think it's gonna be very hard for people to come up in celebrity in the next five ten years it's so easy for you to become a celebrity over online you could be become an overnight sensation online and now you're getting the same amount of deals the same amount of recognition it's like people don't necessarily need that same celebrity status like maybe i don't have beyonce status but i'm still a celebrity you're still coming up to me you want to take pictures with me you want me to promote your products like that's still some sort of celebrity status and i feel like it's not going to be hard to get that 
Mm-hmm. You know, and then mm-hmm. I feel like there's just so much stuff that's just not original now that people are growing tired, bored. I'm so bored with music right now. Like it is a struggle to find a good body of work, a good body of work, not just these little singles that are fun for now or like, okay, but you know, maybe TikTok made it famous because this one part in the entire four, three minutes and 30 seconds of the song is actually good like i'm i'm sorry this is becoming a big ass rant but i'm just so tired of the bs it really does feel like this year a lot of people are like oh what was cool back then is just not cool now and i hate to say this but i'm also getting tired of like the gimmick music like like it was cool when it was but now it's like i want to see what you have i want to see what you're made of Sexy Red, for instance. Thank God, okay, because I Sexy wasn't saying nothing, but I honestly, go ahead, say it, because <laughs> this is this is what this is my issue with Sexy Red. Now, I do believe that people can should be able to do whatever they want to do. They can rap about whatever they want to rap about, but after a while, it's kind of like media. Why are y'all pushing this shit when you know it's not good? Like, Sexy Red is catchy, like the uh, fucking. Pussy Pink, Rudy Ho Brown, that's catchy. Especially when Nikki jumped on it. Nikki, I was like, okay, I'll I'll listen to Nikki's part because Nikki is actually flowing. Mm. Sexy Red is giving me very much ABC one, two, three, and it's like offbeat, but the beats are good, but the rapping is not. And it's bothering me because I'm just like, damn, you put out another song and it's trash, and now you're being featured on other songs, and that is trash. And Everyone, you look at the comments and everyone's like, boo, this shit is trash, but it's still getting pushed. And like, go ahead, sis, get your money. But at the same time, it's like, what about these real artists who are making quality music, good music, and you don't even want to pay attention to that? Like, I, I don't know. But what were you about to say? Uh, as, <sighs> Sexy Red represents spiritual warfare for me. I'm gonna be honest. I hate and why, like that. Why is that? Because it's not even about, I love baby mother. She'd be saying some wild shit, you know. She do. And it's not even about, (laughs) how am I trying to make this make sense? Like, it's not even about really the lyrics. Like, it's not about, it's what she, what the media created her to represent. Mm -hmm. And like, the baby, for example, and I'm not trying to say like one is better than the other. But like, yeah, when it comes to like my ratchet music, baby mother is my go-to. But there was something about baby mother that when you actually listen to her, like she'd be saying the most wildest shit, but she also is very niche. She's also very like gothy, this type of crowd, very rock and roll kind of behavior, very alt, very mm-hmm. alt right? So it fits into this niche of like, she's never going to be on the radio. Like mm-hmm. that belongs to people who are looking for it. You know right. what I'm saying? It's the fact that so many people are collectively coming together to push Sexy Red as propaganda. And you could tell it's backed by a lot of funding, backed by a lot of people's scripts. And I call them scripts. Like when celebrities start doing shit, like smoking right now is a script. People are trying to move out of vaping and back into cigarettes. I feel like that is a, mm. that's a script. Does that make any sense? Like yeah. you mm-hmm. are working for a major corporation as a celebrity. When we think about management, they work for a corporation who works for a corporation. It's like fucking pyramid scheme, almost. You are just a brand. You are just a face of whatever big corporations are trying to sell to the consumer. So you become a walking billboard. 
And I feel like a lot of that gets like jumbled up in other artists being like, oh, I'm giving the script to say this about this artist coming up or pushing. a That's the industry plant vibe. Like we are pushing this agenda. I saw Sexy Red get gifted a Cartier watch by some frat house white man. Yeah. Why? Why? It's just like it's just a certain well, energy. Mm, that could be the the backing of Travis Scott because you know the white people love Travis Scott. For sure. Yeah, but that's the script. That was a script right there. Oh, Travis Scott, we need you to promote Sexy Red. I think even YG was like, "Oh, Sexy Red is going crazy right now in the streets. She's the she's the next upcoming artist." Like I think the Jets are doing promo for her. The Jets, the football team, the Jets. I was like the Jets. Yes. Uh-uh. <laughs> they had like a little practice scrimmage and it was like, hey, DJ, put on that sexy red. And they're in their jerseys and, and it's just like, I'm seeing it for what it is. Like, this is script. It's giving, we have to promote certain things. It's giving Pootie Tank. It's giving who cloned Tyrone. I'm dead ass. Like, I'm not even trying to be like super conspiracy theory, but we got to wake up and be like, what is this? You know, Dr. Umar is a fucking script. Like, they're all scripts, you know, the fucking poly clowns be script like they're just entertainment. And I feel like people get sucked in blue face and fucking Gershon scripts like sucked into these scripts where it's so easy to forget the artistry, forget like that's why I've been really listening to jazz because I'm like, I can't be involved right now. Like there's bodies of work that need my attention, bodies of work that expand my mind, bodies of work that help me reach my own potential, my own higher consciousness. Why would I give my precious energy and attention? That's the most expensive thing we could spend, time, yeah. energy, and attention. Yeah. Does and it make I was just going to say, yeah, hell yeah, it does. And I was just going to say like, why is it so hard to find that music? Like when they make it so difficult, it's so difficult. And then, but it's so easy. Like I can find 10 rappers right now that be talking about the same shit that sexy red is talking about. And again, don't get me wrong. I love my fair share of (laughs) ratchet music. I'm all for empowerment. I'm all for you doing whatever the fuck you want to do, but it's just not good. Like you can have ratchet music and be good. And it's like, it could be great. That's what, bothers me it's like it's not even what you're talking about it's how you're talking about it this shit is trash like and i have to Nicki Minaj it. be talking about shit like this all the time and she can flow like it's like well she's pushing her pin i mean let's be honest she's right that's she's what i'm saying absolutely writing but her these women are writing their lyrics and it's still garbage like it's not but is that pushing their pin though like when you have, that's the when, only right, they have. right like that's what they can push like this shit is they they need a writer in there. Like at this point, have someone else push it because this shit is trash. Like what? <laughs> no, because of you. I mean, you know, I'm not even a Nikki fan at all. But I have to give credit when credit is due. Homegirl be up in there with the pen and paper bars Hello? on bars. Oh, I'm gonna redo that. I don't like the way that sound. She's in the studio cooking some shit up. We have exactly. to give that just pure credit period right and even though yeah Nicki Minaj is mainstream and commercialized and there's a million other fucking rappers behind the scenes right but there are people artists Beyonce who can weave together her songs to create something new artists as much as we talk shit about Kanye West I mean that man has produced great bodies of work Yes, and he's you an know? artist through and through. He will make a beat from scratch. He, right. he has that ear. It's like Pharrell. They have that ear for music. A lot of people have an ear for music. Mm. And I just, it's just, it's, it's, it's so frustrating because it's like these people come up and they're not good. And then you want to give them a title of 
king, queen, princess, this. They're not princess of anything because they suck. I'm sorry. Fucking, what's her name with the red hair? Red Afro. Red. No. Oh, um, Ice Spice. Ice Spice is not good. Why are you calling her the princess of New York? <laughs> No, when Munch first came out, I was like, okay, this is a bop. I fuck with it. But then I started seeing the script. I started seeing the script. And I'm like, yeah, this is shit. You got her in front of kids. You know, she's she's tuning into like the younger, younger crowd. And, you know, she's shaking ass, smoking weed. And it's just like, it's a script. It's an agenda. Same thing future back in the day for us was a script and an agenda. That man was not doing drugs like that at all. I just saw an interview that Nikki did. And she was talking about that. And we talked about it on the show, too. How the fuck are you pushing all this drug music when you don't even do drugs like that? Correct. Like, agent of chaos. Like, that's literally all it is. Like Yes. And that's what it is to sell your soul to the devil. People really think, and I mean, no shade to people who believe that, but the g- devil shows up at the door with a contract, like, we need your blood. No, it goes, <laughs> you going against your fucking entire moral compass and integrity you are selling your soul to the devil, period. You going against everything that you stand for, believe in. No shade to Suki, but she talked about it in the beginning of her career. She was like, I do not want to do this, but I signed a contract and I'm trying to get my family up out the hood. And now it's five years later, we're here in front of a Popeye's talking about put a perk in my booty hoe. And I'm like, yes. come on, girl, this is an And agenda. I can't keep defending, I'm like Suki, like you make good music too, but I can't keep defending you because you be doing some wild shit. Like I saw this video, she was out in fucking London and then these white ladies was walking by and she was just saying the most obnoxious shit. And I'm just like, you don't have to do this. People already fuck with you. Like, you don't have to keep the gimmicks going. Like, just put out the music you want to put out. She put out a fucking reggae song, and I was like, oh, this shit is fire. Like, why don't you just stick to the music instead of doing this, the the theatrics behind the theatrics, it? It's like, yeah, the script, uh, you know, I, but, I have, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just going to say, I just feel like they do this because, like, that's what got them there, and then they... I feel like in their mind, they think, oh, I have to keep doing this because, you know, this is what made me famous. When I feel like people saw the gimmicks, but they saw the music, too. And they're like, oh, OK, I can look past the gimmicks. Now I'm at a point where it's like I can't look past the gimmicks and I can't really enjoy your music like I once did because it's like it's now getting too gimmicky. And mm-hmm. I'm like, like, especially when it comes to people who are talented, it's like you don't have to keep doing the same things. You're not the same person you were five years. Uh, at least I would hope you're not. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I can't say the same for Sexy Red because when I first heard of Sexy Red, she was walking down the street with a fucking rifle talking about running through your block, nigga got shot, <laughs> da, da, da. you know, like, like, that's what you, that's what you've been doing, you know, like, and now you got fame, so you're going to continue to do that. But all that to say, I'm sorry, I cut you off. What were you about to say? No, I, I just, I can't anymore. Like, I, I have checked out. I've, re- I've reached a space in my life where I'm just like... This is going to be what it is. And I'm going to let people have their thing. I'm going to let people enjoy their stuff. But I'm integrating back into society forever. It was like, oh, wake up people. Like, I want people to wake up into their consciousness. And it's not my business anymore. I honestly, your soul is your your business. You figure it out. If you want to spend your time and days listening to Sexy Red and whoever else and rotting your brain, that's your right. That's your journey. That's your experience. It's not for me to judge or change or direct. I personally just can't be involved in this anymore. Like, I got to walk around with my head down sometimes. Because I be in the streets 
walking. I don't have no car no more. So I be listening. <laughs> I be listening when I'm walking and I'm just like. See a whole lot when you walk in. You see a whole lot. You hear a whole lot. You experience a whole lot. And there's a lot of souls out there that are just lost. Lost. Mm-hmm. And it makes me so sad. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been the biggest lessening, uh, lesson of living in a downtown area is because this is a party area. Friday through Sunday, people are boozing and brunching all weekend. So mm-hmm. I see it. I hear it. I experience it. And I, I do. I have a little sadness for them sometimes because I'm just like, you guys are working Monday through Friday, living on the weekends, getting drunk. There's no outlets. There's no, you know, healthy practices that you guys are involved in to put that. Because what it really is, is rage, aggression, anger for the system somewhere, you know? So it's like, let's fucking drink it away. Let's twerk it away. Let's go and fucking, you know, dance it away. And mm. I think that... Rains in the sky. For sure. That <laughs> song is... that's I live by that song. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because it really mm-hmm. tells you, you got to sit in stillness. There's nothing that you can do to change whatever you're going through on the inside that's not serving you unless you face it head on. And these people are distractions. This is all it is. It keeps people. People have been hopping on. And, you know, I've talked about Krishan and Blueface forever. I'm just as equally like involved with seeing their progress and seeing how it's going. And I'm, I'm immersed in it myself. But you would never catch me hopping in my bonnet on TikTok talking about who got more money with Jaden and Chris. Why are we focusing on that people? What does that do for you? Mm-hmm. That is their journey. How about you focus on your journey? Let's get, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy to say that even us sitting here right now, I'm still talking about it. Right. But people wake up and they're more focused on the next man's pockets and drama because they're, they're trying to escape their own fucking life. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you have going on? Talk you about know, that. You know what? I feel like people aren't, like you said, they're not investing too much into their own life because it's so much easier to be on the outside and be like, look at this shit. Like, look, look, look at y'all and, you know, pass judgment. And they can't turn around and look in the mirror, but like, oh, well, look at me. I just spent all of my day on my phone in tune with what the fuck they got on. I can, I can tell you their whole life story from start to finish. Like, and I've fallen victim to that plenty of times. And it's like, when did we become so consumed with like other people's shit? Like, you know, mm-hmm. that's so fucking hard. And it's like, I feel like a lot of these apps, they make it that way. They have people who specialize in how to keep your attention, how to not pull you away from your devices. And I just, I think back to my life, like, three, four or five years ago, I'm like, I don't think I've ever been this much involved with my phone or an app. You know, like, you get lost in it. I get lost. You can get lost. You look up, you're like, I'll just be on here for 10 minutes. And it's like an hour, hour, 10 hours. What? I Mm -hmm. I get a notification like your screen time went up. And I'm just like, how, what did I do? Like, what Mm -hmm. am I doing? And it's, it's one of those things that snap you back into reality. At least it, it should because you don't want to look up and 10 more years have passed. And it's like, what do I have to show for 10 years except for some fucking posts that I've made, you know? Well, you know what? And like, this is definitely going in a direction I did not expect, but this is what the podcast is for. But yeah, it has been like, I can't even get emotional talking about it. Like the best thing that has happened since I lost my job is it has forced me 
to sit the fuck down and be like, I feel like I'm in another pandemic, right? Like even when I was in the pandemic, the first time I was working through it, I have not had no time off. I've been working, working, working forever. Mm -hmm. And this is my first time being still and being like, I'm so, I was so addicted. I'm so addicted, still addicted to like nine to five, Monday through Friday. I got to be at work. Where's my time going to go if it's not going to somebody else's goals and dreams, right? And visions, because that's what we were sold when we were fucking in preschool all the way up until adulthood. Like, who are you without a job? And this has been one of the most learning experiences that I could have ever experienced. And it's been difficult. I called you last week, broken down crying about me not having a job and me looking for a job right now but in the same time I'm learning so much about myself and I'm seeing areas of my life that spirit was like we have to take you out of work because if you don't get this shit together you're toast yeah these things need to be addressed I feel like I'm closing in and like I'm praying and I'm so just humble through it all but like all these things are closing in to where the little side missions are complete and it's the big shit it's the big shit that's like we don't got nowhere to go girl so you gotta focus on this shit that you've been pushing off for years and not everyone has that when you are in the nine to five loop in the cycle it is created for you to wake up be tired come home not have no energy to think about anything else but numb i want to eat the shittiest food i want to drink the most alcohol i want to consume the shittiest shows because this job has me working so fucking hard i don't have no energy for myself the opposite of that is you have so much energy to look at all the fucking bullshit that you've been putting yourself through for years but like think think about it like how much energy does that take it's something mindless really Mm-hmm. It's like you can sit on your ass all day and not have to like put any actions. And if if your time escapes you, it's like you live with that for a moment. But unless you like put down your devices, it's like it's just going it, to those are going to be the same moments that you go through each and every day. Mm-hmm. There's so many things that I said I want to do. Like, I, I don't think I told you this, but I was like, I want to learn ASL. Like, I, it's random as fuck, but I want to learn ASL. I said this two months ago. I have not looked for an ASL class. And I'm just like, mm. why am I not doing that? Like, is it the burnout? Like, what is it? What is it about, you know, where I'm at in my life right now where it just feels like everything is a task? Everything just feels like it's demanding. So I I try to give myself as well as others grace when they're like, I want to do shit on the weekends. But at the same time, it's like, we almost feel like we're invincible where we're going to have this part of our lives forever. Like, Oh, I'm still young. I'm still young. I'm, I'm only 30. I'm only 31, whatever. I'm only, I'm only in my twenties, but you're going to look up and be like, how the fuck it's been 10 years. I'm 33 now. I'm like, how? I was just 23. I was just doing bullshit. I was just, you know, living with roommates. And now I'm here 10 years later, living with my partner on a podcast with you. Like, this is, it's insane how fast, how quickly time grows. It just, it's insane. It's time is precious. And it literally, every second fucking counts. And that doesn't mean no rest. Honestly, I've been living by this uh, page that I found on on Instagram called the Nap Ministry. Have you ever heard of it? No. (laughs) What is that? Oh my God. It's this page that's ran by this woman. She is an activist for black culture. And she sees rest as reparations. Like rest for people of color 
as essential and radical rest as resistance like yes yes okay so i'm in my nap ministry phase where i'm like i'm going to sleep i'm going to rest i don't have time i'm not doing shit but looking for a job and figuring myself out so in the midst of that i'm going to fucking rest and i'm going to recharge because it's my fucking birthright and it is an ode to my ancestors so i feel like finding the rest first because it could be burnout right but i saw this thing that said you cannot rest your way out of burnout right you have to evaluate what in your life needs to go a rescheduling needs to happen Ooh, damn yeah Damn, so I think there's yes. so there's so many misconceptions about that because I feel like a lot of people feel like, oh, maybe I just need rest or maybe I just need because I'm telling you, I just took a week off of work. It wasn't enough. Right. I, you're going back to the same system that you you're had going rest back. From. You're going back. And it's like what something here has to change. Maybe it's how I go about organizing my time mm-hmm. or maybe it's the work itself. But yes. like something has to change. Or I'm always going to feel like this. And I always talk to my team and I'm just like, you got to let me know when you're feeling at your capacity. You have to let me know if I'm giving you too much. I don't want to create burnout for you all um, because I know how that is. I don't want to put more on your plate. Mm-hmm. And I feel like my team, they're they're very open with me. But the thing is, they also don't want to let me down. And I'm just like, I don't know how many times I have to say it or how many different ways I can say it. It's okay to give someone pushback. It's okay to tell me I can't right now. And that's okay. You know, like I'm just going off of the tasks that I have assigned you. And like, I look at it every week, like, okay, what are people working on? I can give you this because based on this, you have time. But these tasks don't necessarily have a specific time that you should be working on it. So it could take you more or less time. So when I talk to them about that, I'm just like, look, I'm not that type of manager. I don't want you to ever feel like, oh, if I don't do this, this is going to cost me my job. Or if I don't do this, this it's going to be looked down upon. It's not like, Mm -hmm. and I feel like a lot of people in this day and age, you are very fortunate to have millennials and Gen Z as your supervisors, because I feel like we get it. Like Mm -hmm. we're on that wavelength of like, I know what it feels like to fucking give your all to a job just for them to turn around and shit in your face. Like, we're not trying to do that. I want you to have work-life balance. And, you know, even if I don't have a work-life balance, like, y'all got to have one. Like, I got to live through y'all, you know? Yes, I I think it is. I think that is important to have an understanding of the work-life. And when I say don't go back to the same system, obviously that doesn't mean everyone has a privilege of just not working because that's right. impossible. You but it is really kind of like the work needs to work for you, you know, exactly. like and not be afraid of that. And maybe it may look unconventional. Maybe I'm going to be working part time to just have health insurance or wherever I can, you know, working for a, a hospital. Cause I want to get back into medical. And I use that as my way of getting free health insurance through my job. But everything else that I bring in is really for me, myself, my entrepreneurship. That's my journey. That's what it looks Mm -hmm. like for me, probably. Not that that's how it's going to look for everybody else. But you got to sit down and formulate a plan that works for you. Right. Because I am not meant to be in corporate America, period. I know that. I feel that. (laughs) I'm not. So I'm finding the thing. I haven't. I'm not finding. I found the thing that lights my fire, right? And that's mm. a privilege and I'm fortunate to do and say that. But at the same time, we all have the opportunity to figure out 
what our goals are, what our dreams are, what our thing is. And I'm not saying the thing to keep you in capitalism and consumerism. When I say your thing, the thing that you could do that does not feel like work, right? The thing that feels so in alignment with your soul, you're like, hell yeah, I could spend 10, 12, 13 hours sitting in this, working for myself because it doesn't feel like work to me. When yeah. you find that thing, the thing that you're like, I don't give a fuck if people hate me to do it. I'm going to do it anyway because it's right for me. Right. That takes you out of them pleasing people tactics. Follow that shit. I mm-hmm. found that. So I have to be radical in my, my search to make it sustainable for the life I deserve. And I don't care what that looks like. I don't care if mm. anyone else is like, you look crazy. You don't have a car. You don't have a job. You're running around in a fucking studio apartment and you're 30 and you're planning fuck you I don't care this is what I need to do in order to have my retirement plan I want to retire as a homesteader on land with a garden and a couple of fucking animals and some organic fucking chicken you know what I'm saying and I want to hold fucking psilocybin ceremonies and I want people to come over to my house and I'm whipping up teas and potions and shit like that that is not everyone's goal and dream so you got to figure it out for yourself create Mm -hmm. your own life Ooh, and can I just say, I feel like you were able to find that through hobbies, through doing things for you. So in order for other people to find what drives that or what lights their fire, you got to really tap into your hobbies. Like being online and watching countless videos or honestly just like watching shitty TV I don't think that's where your hobby is going to lie unless you want to be one of those people who are like um, like a blog page or you want to talk about shows. Like, you know, you want to be that person right. like, that does like episode recaps or some shit. If that is not your hobby, if that's not what you can see yourself doing, it's time to start looking into some things, okay? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Shay's on the right page when she says this. And also I want to add to that too. Be okay with a little sacrifice, Sacrifice. you know? I saw a video. I saw a video of a woman, and she was doing her little yogic stretches in the morning of their little cute apartment. When I say cute, I'm not talking about luxury. It was like plants. It was a vibe. And her man was in the bed asleep, and she's doing her little stretches, and she's talking, and this fucking touched my spirit. She's like, you got to be comfortable doing things that you need to do for yourself alone. She was like, you know how many times like I've asked my partner to work out with me or wake up and meditate with me? It's not his journey. That's my journey. So I got to be okay with sacrificing time alone for myself to get what I need to get done because no one is going to come and save me. Like it is your job to figure out your journey and it's their job to figure out what works for them. But you cannot your your success cannot be contingent on somebody else's participation in your dream. Okay. Thing that's the thing. Okay, Uh, this is it's so funny that you're bringing this up because when I was thinking about people who are like, you know, I don't do this because my friend can't go, my friend can't afford to, my friend doesn't want to, whatever. It's like I feel like a lot of times your circle can determine like how far you go in this life, and it shouldn't. It shouldn't. It should really be you. So I feel like when I hear people say like, oh, I can't do this because I don't have anyone to go with me. Forget all that. Go by yourself. Like this year, I want to do more things alone. And, you know, earlier this year, I went to a concert by myself. Never have I ever thought about going to a damn concert by myself. I was like, this is going to be weird. Everyone's going to be with their person. I sat next to 
three people who came there by themselves. Like you have to understand it's like, this is the only life you have. And I was once that person who was like, oh, well, my friends can't do this. Or, you know, my partner doesn't want to work out with me. So, you know, I'm going to use that as an excuse. Go by yourself. I get the best workout when I'm working out by myself. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I'm going to push myself. I, I'm i going to target what I want to target. And I'm going to stay however long I want to stay. Sometimes when you go with a person and they're like either more advanced or less, not as advanced as you, it's kind of like you're sacrificing your own workout. So mm-hmm. all that to mm-hmm. say, I completely agree with this. Just do things by yourself. Just go out there and live your life because when you die, you're dying alone. You're not, you're Period. not, you, you, they're not bearing you with whoever, like you're, you're going to wherever place you, you deserve to go to. You go in there alone. The judgment is all on you. So okay, that's it. That's, that's my last little piece of that. Okay, and the last piece I'm gonna add to it to not even promote the book that I bought you, but yes, um, the artist way. In there, you have two things that you have to do, must once you work through the week, because the weeks they be she getting into your ass. Okay, like you're talking about every week is a recovery. Like the artist way talks about how we've all lost our artists in artists, so we're recovering our artists. So like first week is like recovery of identity, self identity, recovery of power, you have all these things. And in those chapters, you talk about like, anger and how to use that as fuel all these beautiful, hard conversations. But she's like, on top of reading the chapters, you have to one do something called the morning pages. So every day you wake up, and you write a stream of consciousness for three pages. And it sounds crazy. But she's like, the reason why we do that is because we have a sensor. So we wake up and we're like, oh, the sensor's like, we got to pay bills. We got to go to work. We got to cook breakfast. Fuck, I don't want to do this. I'm tired. That's already draining your creative energy. So you have to give the sensor some time to just get it out on the pages. And eventually mm-hmm. the sensor will turn into creative pathways. Like, let the sensor be fucking negative for the first couple weeks. Fuck this. I hate living. Whatever you want to write for three pages. And then eventually that's going to give you answers, right? Creative sensor might turn into, you know what? I really enjoy cooking. I think I want to take a cooking class today. Right? And the second part of the artist way is you have to take yourself on an artist date once a week, one hour alone. And that could be a walk, that could be a thrift store shopping experience, that could be a dinner by yourself, but you have to spend one hour alone, minimum, a week, to feel by yourself, yourself, to feel your creative energy, and it must be Mm. an activity of creativity of some sort. So I feel like you're going to really love this, and I'm hoping you and me can get in conversation on text, like, girl, I'm in week two, Okay, blowing me away. Um, Okay, so... We went off topic, but that's what this show is about. My tea over tea. <laughs> Not us coming back to tea over tea. <laughs> I am so sorry. I've <laughs> Have you been seeing this KJ Smith and Sky Black wedding? Okay, I saw some clips and I was like, this is a little extra for me. Okay. So I got up out All of right. there. <laughs> you know what? I'm not, I'm not even going to talk about that because that, that, that could be a whole rant. I'm going to talk about Raz B. Please. Oh, God. Did you see Raz B? Doing his MAGA hat, panty, pop-locking, Michael Jackson glove. Yes. Croc boot ensemble. I did. Cocaine 3 I got got up out of there, too. I was like, I get secondhand embarrassment fast. It be coming on quick. And I was like, I cannot watch this. Like, I can't do it. (laughs) I thought I said MAGA hat, 
you're gyrating in this video. What <laughs> you got them shiny gold fucking they look like the off brand boots of them big ass boots people been wearing. So I said, scroll. scroll. No. Okay. <laughs> Bruh, he was I don't know what kind of drug it is, but it's something. I serious. Something serious. Um prayers to Raspberry, that trauma, that trauma. That trauma is brewing up. I see it in all those B2K members. That trauma has nowhere to go right now, and it is resurfacing. And I just want to say I'm so sorry for our little celebrity stars back in the 90s and 2000s. Oh, my God. They were going through it. We, we had no idea. That's child enslavement, and we are seeing it now through you all. You see it. You see it. You see it. It's it's sad. I think about like Amanda Bynes too. Like mm-hmm. she went way off the deep end. Lindsay Lohan at at, at one mm-hmm. point in time. Like Orlando all these Brown, Orlando Brown, and Raven it's like, Simone, Raven Simone. I mean, I feel like Raven kept it together because you know she got Raven's home now. But um, Miley I just, Cyrus, Shia LaBeouf. Mm, oh, Shia, yeah. I didn't see that one coming. That it's, one, it's deep. Yeah, they they torture these children, and yeah. I think we have to be honest with the Hollywood situation. It needs to be done, come to an end. I'm tired of it. I'm looking for sovereign individuals who are artists. With that said, let's move into the topic of our show. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, because I'm really curious what you had to say about this wedding, though, because like you brought oh, it up. Child, now I'm not trying to wish nobody, 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 no ill on their wedding day. The special union, but. I didn't feel the love. I'm going to be I honest. Say, okay, because I was going to say, this seems very much for show. This seems yeah. like um, we are starring together and we're going to get married to keep this buzz around our name. But it seemed very forced. Like Right, right. I'm, I'm, uh, and he is interesting. I will say that. He seems like he belongs to many groups of... Um, mm people that exist and i'm gonna let your mind wander there but because i'm not trying to you know but you get it Mm. i feel like it was a production i feel like they are together it's giving me tyler perry four color girls (laughs) janet jackson so you doing the bending you know yes 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 marriage yes it's giving that kind of marriage right now yes Okay, because he was, he essentially had a long flowing, uh, yes, that dragged as he walked down the aisle. He was holding an imaginary bouquet. He had a nice little switch going with a boot, with a three inch boot. He was wearing Mm. his little shirtless, shirtless tuxedo and a full face beat, babe. (sighs) He was contoured for the gods. And um, she performed about 80 times she had about five outfit changes they danced so far apart separately the whole night through his crack was showing um (gasps) at one point not his crack his crack the man he had no draws on crack was exposed getting a nice suntan as he Mm -hmm. was doing the garter toss um he was pop locking it was giving chippendale (laughs) um (laughs) you know elephant trunk Mm. okay yeah so if you guys want to tune in to uh the sisters star from i guess this show called the sisters on bet her and her man kj smith got married and it was a show 
I would not be surprised if the ratings for this show actually plummet because <laughs> that would leave <laughs> that would leave such a scar in my mind that I don't think I would ever be able to recover from that because like I said, my secondhand embarrassment is bad. I will pretend I did not see something knowing very well that I seen it and I will uh uh-uh. but um disgusting one embarrassing too why don't you have a shirt on why are you wearing a cape a cape veil why is your ass crack showing why are you performing eight times sit down i would be like where are the cameras like are we trying to shop this around or something mm-hmm. and if so please keep it just go ahead and keep that in your own archives but yeah yeah i have no no desire to see that Mm-mm. I wouldn't. Um, yeah, your secondhand embarrassment would be through the roof. And I also mm-hmm. truly believe that this type of wedding, this type, I want, when I see people get married, and I mean, I'm just a humble person on the internet, and I'm, I'm probably a hater half the time. So who gives a fuck about my opinion? But if I'm in the presence of someone's wedding, I'm invited. I want to see the love. Like, I don't care about yes. the food. I don't care about the dress. I don't care about none of that. I want to see two people who are coming in union and who have created these beautiful lives together. And I'm witnessing, like, I want to tear the fuck up. I want to be right. at your wedding, like, rooting for y'all because I know what it takes to be in a relationship. I don't want to feel like y'all are together for a business deal yeah. or this is a show or I'm I'm being entertained. I could go home and sit on my couch and turn on the television if I want to be entertained. I want right. to experience y'all in love. So if you selling me a fucking show, that tells me that there is nothing happening in the relationship. Because what? First off, what? I'm at the space, and this is me, and I'm projecting. I'm seriously considering going to the courthouse because the thought, every time I think about fucking planning a wedding, I'm just like, why am I doing that? I, I just, why am I doing that? Like, <laughs> we live our life so privately. It is making me, I'm getting anxiety every time I'm thinking about walking down the aisle. Really? Oh, fuck yeah. It's getting to the point where I'm like, why am I doing that? Like, that is probably just not in alignment with my values, girl. Like, I just want the marriage. I just want to mm-hmm. say I do. And I want to go on a fucking beautiful trip to, we're going to go to Thailand. Um, and I want to live it up with my husband. But like, that's my journey. And I'm not saying that no one else can have a beautiful wedding. I've gone to some amazing weddings and they're absolutely celebrate the fuck out your love, please. But I feel like you got to do what's right in alignment for you and not mm. for what other people want. Or for yeah. other people's validation, because it's never going to work out, you know? I believe yeah. weddings are the only place you should be a thousand percent selfish. And people are a thousand percent selfless. Oh, the guests, the guests, the food, the blah, 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 blah. You gotta invite this person. I'm like, I don't even know Fuck. that person. Why am Fuck. I feeding them? Fuck it. No. no. I'm a and bitchy I've, bride. <laughs> I've, I've been to three weddings in the last two years, and I just feel like after hearing the wedding horror stories, just, and it's not even from like, the guest it's mostly from the outside sources like the wedding planners the fucking photographers like we have a friend who she got married months ago still hasn't received not one photo of her wedding from her photographer and it's like what's really going on like you got money thousands of dollars that's what that's what i'm saying it's like 
I, I for what? Like, why put yourself through that stress? It's like, I feel like a lot of weddings are just scams, like, and ran ran by scam artists. Like, this, it's why am I spending this amount of money? Like, I don't feel like I need to spend any. 15, 10, 15, $20,000 for a wedding for one day that is going to go by like that. Like, and I'm not even going to really be able to enjoy it. Like, I'm not gonna lie. I really want a backyard boogie. Like <laughs> I just want to have my closest people. We're having a good time. I will rent a beautiful space and we could just have a good time and call it a day. Like I don't, I want my aunt to, to make me some, a sweets table she probably could even do the food because I love everything that she makes and it doesn't have to be so much. Like, I just, I just, I just don't, I just don't want all that. I'm telling you, I, and this part that's so fucking crazy about it, Shay, is like, I dreamt. I was like, when I get engaged, oh, it's going to be that. I was that girl. I was like, I can't wait to plan a wedding. And now I'm just like, oh, all I really wanted was just the step into marriage. I don't really need that. Like, and I, I, I just, I feel like all my friends are like, so what's going on with the wedding? Like my mom, everybody. And I'm just like, I don't know. I, I'm thinking we're like eloping. I'm thinking we're heading in that direction. I'm thinking we're doing a very much private event and we will have y'all throw a party for us because I don't have the, I don't have the capacity. I'm giving birth to a new life right now. Like we have goals, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm trying mm-hmm. to get the fuck about this country. I can't eat this food no more. I can't live like this no more. I can't pay this rent here no more. I'm stressed out about living in America. I want to be up out of here. I would rather save all that time and energy looking for a fucking home that I can rent in like Costa Rica, mm-hmm. Brazil, Colombia, somewhere. Like mm-hmm. that's where I'm at. That's my wedding. Like, thank y'all for servicing our funds to buy these plane tickets. We're out of here. Peace. Right. I don't want to be. I have one year in this apartment and I got to get my fucking shit in order because I'm dying. And I know that sounds crazy, but we are all being poisoned with this fucking food. I can't eat this food no more. The food is really sending me up out of here. If we're really being real, the food is sending me out of America that's it i can't i can't find no healthy vegetables i'm addicted to bullshit okay because Mm -hmm. it's everywhere Mm -hmm. it is everywhere i can't keep poisoning myself like this i'm drowning in this fucking convenient it's It's convenient and you don't even know what you're eating we're eating lab-grown chicken microplastics and and fucking gelatin watermelon that you you cut into it and it's moving like jello why what what the hell is going on with that like um no i'm right there with you yeah I'm right there. it's the it, cancer it's, it's the cancer that's scaring the fuck out of me more We're and more old. young people are getting cancer you used to think like oh this is an old person's thing this is a specific thing this is oh you smoke you're getting cancer you know or you eat too crazy and you know you're gonna get diabetes but it's like what's what's going on what is really going what's on what's really going on it's the food we've been eating like this shay for our whole life like our whole life they've been feeding us i'm thinking back to 90s food fucking tang and tang. purples ketchup please tell me you remember that i remember that shit you know yep. that shit that has been our diet lunchables things like this we are yeah. fucking dying and i'm i'm sick i can't unsee it i feel like somebody has ripped the veil off of my eyes and i'm looking at this shit for what it is and this shit is 
giving me rotten. I have to get out of this country. I cannot live like this based on the food alone. So how am I supposed to plan all that in a wedding? I would rather sacrifice the wedding, courthouse, backyard boogie, or rent out a fucking restaurant, fly up out of here, never come back, and maybe five years <laughs> renew our fucking vows, and y'all can fly out to Thailand and see us. You said never come back <laughs> right after the wedding? I... <sighs> I have Jeez, no kids. So I have no ties. I have no properties. I'm I'm gone. I went to Costa Rica in May to go see if we could live there. Yes, we can. And that's just <laughs> what <laughs> No, I'm dead serious. That's just one location. Oh my goodness. I wanna go. The food. Yes. The food. I was able to eat and breathe. <laughs> I was like, damn, y'all got some good ass chicken. This shit tastes real as hell <laughs> out here. I have to, I can't do this anymore, y'all. I'm having a breakdown. I'm in the, I'm in a crisis mode, okay? So I'm not planning no fucking plucking, kicking chicken ass wedding for somebody Mm-mm. else's entertainment to go back home and write a scorecard and be like, the food was a 10, the dress was a three. Fuck mm-hmm. you. I want to live <laughs> in this country. I don't give a fuck about none of that. Not, oh my God, what was that? That wasn't Bridezilla. That was something else. That was another, that was one of them shows on TLC where they would go to each other's wedding and basically like rate their. Oh my God. And I was obsessed with that show as a kid. It was called Four Weddings. Okay. Four Weddings. I was a a child on that network. I was watching (laughs) Yes to the Dress. Four Weddings. Okay. You would have thought, you would have thought that little girl was going to have a $100,000 budget. I have been planning my wedding since I was a little girl. I'm so serious. Yeah. And I'm at that point where I'm like, that was a bullshit ass pipe dream. I am not going into no debt for not a near one of y'all niggas. Mm-mm. 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 No, nope. well, not when I can have a house in the jungle <laughs> for the, the pool. For that same price, I will feed you probably for the next four years. My fucking really best close guy friend just moved to Hawaii. Okay. He packed up. He said, he sold his condo a couple months ago. He said, peace, niggas. I'm not coming back. I'm in Hawaii now. This nigga left last week to Hawaii. This is real shit. This is what my tribe is on. Packed his bags, went to Hawaii. And he goes, you know what? I thought I was going to stay here for a month. He said, I'm staying indefinitely. He went to go see an apartment yesterday. Two bedroom, two bathroom with a waterfront view in Hawaii. Mm. $1,800. Okay. I'm trying to put that half it. Let's see what we could get for $900 in Barbados. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what we could get for $800 in Costa Rica. Matter of fact, I want you I want you to go as low as you can for the maximum, but I want to be able to scrape up my dollars. I want my rent to be so cheap that I could go beg online every day. Hey, can y'all send a dollar to my cat shop? That's how fucking cheap I want my rent to be. Not that I would, but I want to pay nothing right. for my rent. I want all my money to go back to myself. Right. And I want to eat. I want to be an organic. I want to shop every day. Organic foods, vegetables. I want to see my I want to lose weight with ease because I'm not eating preservatives. I'm not feeding this, you know, PCOS that I have. I'm not helping my insulin resistance. Like y'all are witnessing a black woman on the verge of a breakdown. I can't do this, Shay. I really can't. I don't know. This is a very serious thing. But when you said I want to eat, you reminded me of Tiffany when she said I want to get married. I want my eggs crack. <laughs> I want my name drop. Like <laughs> for real, y'all. Okay, that's no, my I rant. That's my rant. I feel you. I feel you. Pray for me. It's gonna happen. 
It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I feel it. I'm going to be like, Post. hey, we're reporting live from Portugal, Spain. <laughs> Hello. How's it? Do- how's it over there? How's the weather? <sighs> Manifestations. OK, mm-hmm. I'm going to clip this in a couple of years and be like, oh, bitch, we did it. Yeah, we did it. Yes. And that's worth it. I would risk my life for that. I feel that. I mean, I feel like, hey, we're already on the roll with this conversation. The guests are already knee deep into what we're talking about. So what what's on your plate? What are you? What do you need to rant about? Okay, let me rant. I want to rant about how I don't know if it's because of the Mercury retrograde or it's because, you know, my birthday just passed. But what I want to rant about is the fact that within a week, I've had three people, men specifically from my past, hit me up or try to get in contact with me or feel the need to reach out for whatever reason. I think what I'm most bothered by is the fact that I feel embarrassed that I ever gave these men time. And them reaching out to me was a reminder of that embarrassment. Mm -hmm. Honestly, like a, a reminder of like, one, how far I've, I've come. So I am happy about that because I look at them and I'm just like, you would not get the time of day from me. But to not call anyone out, this one specific thing happened where an ex um, needed to speak to me for whatever reason. Now, I just feel like I've just never blocked anyone in my life. So if you wanted to reach out to me, you basically could. Mm-hmm. So this one particular one reached out and was like, oh, it's urgent. I got to talk to you. And I'm just like, a million things are running through my mind because when I was with this person, it was very triggering. And they kind of used that language when they were about to tell me something that could be very detrimental to my life. So got on the phone with them and it was everything but important. It was honestly a bunch of bullshit. And I just want people to realize that when you are apologetic about something that you've done, You don't have to constantly come back and apologize about that thing. It's Mm -hmm. like one apology will do if you truly meant it. And then you can move on with your life. And then the other person can move on with their life. But when you feel the need to constantly apologize for the same things, you're acting as a reminder. And to me, it's kind of like I want to stay in the forefront of your mind about the stupid shit that I might have put you through. And that bothered me because I'm like, I, here I am healed from that situation. Here you are trying to undo that healing by bringing me back to a space where now I have to go back into what I dealt with, like where I was mentally, all of that. And it's like, I didn't ask for any of this. Mm-hmm. Like I could have went on my on with my life without ever having to hear this specific thing. Now, I'm not saying it was, you know, wrong of this person to message me because if you wanted to message me, you could have just been like, hey, how are you doing? Checking in, blah, blah, blah. Go about your day. But it was the fact of what you wanted to talk to me about. And it it just didn't sit well with me. Mm. Another thing I want to rant about is another person who I haven't spoke to in over 13 years decided they wanted to befriend me. And I'm like, we have nothing to talk about. Like, we really like that door should have been closed. This person is married with kids. Why are you talking to someone that you were once or why are you trying to get in contact with someone that you were once involved with 
13 years ago. Mm-hmm. To me, that's like, why? Like, why are you being untrustworthy? Because I know that if it was Jay and I saw something like that and we were married and we had kids, I know how I would take that. I just felt like it was kind of shady. Mm-hmm. And I'm not the type of person to ever entertain a married man. So that's my rant. I just I just want to say that if you're an ex out there and you think that you should hit up your ex, don't. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's nothing that, that's healthy coming from that on both Mm-mm. ends, you know? Like, not that you're unhealthy, but it's it's interfering with your process, your peace. And it's also prolonging whatever healing that they need to do for themselves by continuously mm-hmm. trying to keep the relationship up. And I'm not I'm not judging them because I know what that feels like. Like, oh, you know, you want to be cordial and like you cared about this person at one point. So why not just, you know, keep a friendship? But really, I think neutrality is the best. Like, let's just let's just not like that was in the yeah. past. I it's childish to me to be honest like to keep old relationships going to me i'm just like why that's that's creating chaos in my life for no reason for no reason and i think a lot of men and women have a hard time with letting not being concerned with exes seeing you in a better version of yourself does that make sense yes like yes. it's almost like oh hey i did some work so i gotta let you know yeah i, I, I changed to- look mm-hmm. at me doing better hey yeah. and it's like i don't okay that's ego that's ego. it is it's like to me if you have to scream to the mountaintop of how much you've changed you haven't really changed because why the fuck do you give why do you care about my opinion especially if you've already made amends like hmm you could probably change. And in my eyes, you probably have never changed. Now you're sitting here trying to force me to believe this. And then you're going to undo your change. When you change, you don't you don't look for other people's validation. You just go about your life changing and growing and learning and just making sure that you're doing better the next time for yourself and for others. And you leave it at that. Like all that, oh, I'm, I'm moving in silence um, out loud is just not it's, it's not necessary like bro go on with something like go on with your life and I think what it does also it really kind of highlights like where they for you like you're getting a little in-depth into their journey and their their healing experience and I think that that is a very young stage to be in like we've all been there I've been there in my journey like oh I want people to see me for who I am now and like I want to be you know like appreciated for all the hard work that I put into myself yeah there could have been some changes but there is a lot of validation that's required from other people for me to feel valuable I think true honest healing is if y'all pass each other on the street randomly oh how are you doing I wish you well all the time you know Mm -hmm. sending you the best of luck see ya when I see Mm -hmm. ya not let me get into your personal motherfucking space or try to fake out by hitting you up Mm -hmm. i've done it i've done it i'm speaking from my own perspective i've done it and i'm i think being in the space that i am now 2020 being hindsight of like i don't care if you see me healed or not i don't care if you see me in a better apartment or looking better looking skinnier looking more growth wise if you know my relationship is healthy or not why why it doesn't matter yeah 
it doesn't matter so i think men who do this shit and they try to pretend like oh you can't we can't just be friends no leave me the fuck alone you really need to go in the relationship that we had really sit with it or maybe i'm crazy i don't know what do you think i don't think you're crazy because i i feel like i've been there too and that's why it's also like like you said high night 2020 when you can see it especially when it's starting to happen to you you recognize and you're like oh that's this is what it looks like this is what it feels like and then especially when you really don't want it, it's kind of like you almost feel disrespected in a way. For like, sure. Like you're disrespecting me, you're disrespecting my relationship by even trying to see if I'm still a fool, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. because I was a fool to date you. You get me? Like that, like that whole era, like that was me being so just out of touch and just seeking some, some form of love that I was just accepting whatever. And I've just, I've just always, a per- I've always been a person to not go backwards. And I just feel like I'm not going to start now. Like every time I've dated, I've always dated better. Like, and I've, I've put up with some pretty shitty people. So, mm-hmm. and I'm not the full blame isn't on them because like I said, I sat there, I dealt with it. I endured for years, but I'm just not there mentally and just to see that name come across or to get some sort of someone try to get in contact with you via social media or whatever. It's just kind of like, you don't have to do this. Like Mm -hmm. at a certain point, like I just feel like people just need to remove that person or remove, you know, whatever it is that they feel like, I don't know. Like they feel like it's, it's drawing them to that. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. I, I personally feel like maybe it's because I don't have my page as private. So you're like getting a glimpse into my life and you're like, Oh, okay. Like she looks like she's healed. I know. I I know you think that I'm looking good. Like obviously, but like you don't have to, you could just admire from afar. Like you could just stay where you're at, you know? And it's just unfortunate because Hmm. like I said, it was, three different relationships from my past and i'm just like what the fuck like mercury sure is showing up right now like mm, you don't got to do that <laughs> you ain't got to do that and then my thing is it's like if that's the devil trying to test me it's like you gonna test me with these niggas like mm-hmm. please please mm-hmm. come harder please come harder because mm-hmm. it ain't happening and you know what? Thank you. I would say they served us some teachers they served us some mm-hmm. teachers for yourself of you are healed you have made progress. You are in a space of, you know, peace um, without them. There was times in those relationships where you were distraught. You were distraught. broken. So it's almost like, thank you for reminding me just how far I've come. Thank you for serving as a little pinpoint in my growth. Thank you for your service to me. Um, alchemize it. And I honestly, any ladies that are dealing with this, this seems to be a very common trend, this uh, Mercury retrograde. I've had a lot of people talk about how exes have come back up into their lives. So there is something in the air. Mm-hmm. And I think that we're also in the space of being polarized. A lot of people are really truly coming into awakening. And I think the lingering effects of that is some of those people are looking at themselves for the first time how they showed up in the past, right? They're having the realizations that, oh, shit. Maybe I wasn't 
the best version of myself and you know thank you for recognizing it but do not re-traumatize me by trying to get me involved in your shit yes and it's like how many more apologies do you want (laughs) you know or or like like i i just i don't know it's um and i i feel you on that because i don't want to sit here and be like it's just relation it's just like romantic relationships but it could be friendships too it could be any little thing that's just kind of like oh you know, this is a test. Like, you know, maybe I've, I've fallen victim to this in the past, or maybe, you know, like with drinking or something, maybe it could have been like, all right, drinking is very heavy right now because I have a lot of birthday events to go to. I have a lot of parties that I'm, I'm going to be a part of. I'm going to a lot of brunches. It's like all of those things. I feel like, you know, when you want to heal and when you want to move on, like that's when they pop their little ugly heads back up and it's just like have you really healed like yeah are you really have you really moved past this and it's like maybe maybe i haven't but i'm not mm. all that to say like i just feel like specifically for relationships if your intentions aren't pure like you just really shouldn't hit up that ex because now you look stupid and now you're getting called out on someone's podcast because Ooh. you thought for sure. I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for you telling me this and being able to experience it from the outsider's perspective because it sucks. It sucks when you're on the giving end and the receiving end. Either way, it mm-hmm. sucks. You're just like, mm-hmm. this is not. This was not a part of the plan today. And, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, for the first time in my life, there has always been like. Oh, I have healing trauma going through, you know, breakups and still working through things with my ex, like my own trauma. Girl, forever. For the first time in my life, I'm just like, I don't have not a soul that I have ties to. That's so beautiful. (laughs) And it's possible. It's possible. It's Mm -hmm. fucking possible. And you know what? I'm not saying that this is you. You didn't call them in. But that door was still open for whatever reason. And it was saying, hey, it's time for us to close this. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and send these folks in because you got to end it. Cut these little ties. Get them up out of here. It's preparing you for something greater. Right. It's like saying goodbye to old chapters, closing out the story, really saying like, oh, full circle moment. Yeah. And maybe in a year you're like, yeah, all my exes have already contacted me. We've already had a little final words and sayings. I ain't talked to them niggas in 10 years. I ain't seen them. Ain't looked at no profiles. Ain't had no text messages, no apologies. We're good. We're right. good. We're good. We're we good. are so good. We're so good. Okay. If, if you didn't know before, good. you know now. We're good. Yeah. No, but you know what? I I know what it is. And like when I say I have left the door open, I feel like because like I said, I've never blocked anyone. Every time like I've stopped talking to someone, it was very amicable. Like it wasn't like on no uh, toxic, like never talk to me again. It just never was that because I just never was that person. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that was more so my detachment issues. Like very early on until up until my last relationship, it was just more so like I always wanted to end things on good terms. And I think that was my issue because I didn't like to make people feel bad and I never wanted to upset anyone. So I feel like I've always just been like, if you ever need a friend, (laughs) you got one. Mm -hmm. But now it's kind of like, oh, you know, that deal, that deal has passed. Like you, you missed the, the, the deal, you know, you missed the sale on that one. So 
Um, I feel like though it's still no bad blood, I just feel like at some point you just got to move on and just live, you live your life for you. And mm-hmm. I'll it's, leave it it's, there. It's freeing and just keep, be patient with yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. And like, again, I'm not trying to make this about myself, but it took nine years for me, even in relationship to close out all them straggly doors not that it was like cheating mm-hmm. or feelings but like those last final words of hey you know especially when my sister passed away oh we heard the news and they find these little way these little doors to come mm-hmm. in and it's like i gotta put my foot down and like you know this is unacceptable behavior don't do this no shade yeah blessings but i don't ever want to hear from you again yeah <laughs> i mean i mean that when i and i've literally had to have that conversation um with an ex you know I appreciate you for reaching out. Thank you for your condolences. But don't do this again. <laughs> I'm dead ass. I put that on my sister's grave. Don't do this again. I don't, ever don't, want, do I don't again. need to ever hear from you again. And they could take that and be like, oh, she still care. Actually, I care so little. If you pass away, don't reach out to me. I don't want <laughs> to hear from you ever again in my life. No shade. Mm. because that version of myself is that person passed away gone i need you up out of my life right because you are a reminder of what the fuck i was not doing Mm -hmm. for me i was allowing Mm -hmm. a person like that to have access to my body my energy i'm precious i don't want to i can't waste no my time is expensive like we said attention is expensive you are siphoning my energy by reaching out every four or five years don't do this shit again right period i release Mm, you okay because (laughs) i released you you like you said you said that version of yourself had died it's like you died with them you died with them i don't know you and i don't i don't do strangers so like get away from me girl and um the first part of my sister's death like there was an ex that was just a very toxic abusive relationship and Sadell is very chill he's very much like hands off I don't think I've ever said this on the podcast but he and I have an understanding right and I was like you know I feel like there's so much with this old um person that a part of me just feels like there should have been a conversation that had like there's no feelings but there was just so much that took place that I never said anything that I was never honest like Mm. you fucking ruined me and it took for another man to come up in here and build that shit back up like you know in my unhealed unhealed grief okay I was not the best version of myself at that time and so that was very supportive he was like do by all means do what you have to do to get yourself together right there was no trust we we trust each other so we hung out me and this ex this was two years ago we went to lunch and i was able to be in space with an old version of myself again Mm. and really see the cracks of like my daddy wounds and my own self-hatred and abuse right and it got to the space where at the end of that he was like i apologize I'm so sorry for everything. And, you know, you were the one. You were the one. And I was able to be like, yeah, but that's just not where we're going. I'm yeah. happy in relationship. I appreciate you for having this conversation with me. But I'm in a space of my life where my partner is my partner. And this is where we're finished 
we're done. Mm-hmm. And it felt so good to be able to be like, I don't ever have to talk to you again. I don't ever have to see mm-hmm. you again in life. I said everything I needed to say, you know, don't reach out to me no more. Right. We're done, you know? And right. I think a lot of people hear that and they're like, what? You know, you're in a relationship. You shouldn't care so fucking much. But no, that was a part of your life. That was a person you cared about. That was a person you spent time with. You need to be able to be 100% confident and wrapping up that yeah. situation. Your partner, vice versa, should be able to be like, I feel 100% confident that I have no lingering conversations mm-hmm. going on with an ex. That's the whole purpose of building your life together. There's a movie that just came out last week called Past Lives. Have you seen oh, it? I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, A24, and it's about this exact subject. A woman has moved from Korea as a child where she had a love, the love of her life, and she got married to a man. They were together for 10 years, and that man in Korea pops back up for a weekend. And the husband is like, you need to handle your business. Go close that door with that relationship. And it's fucking emotional, but mm-hmm. necessary. And I think a lot of people have these fucking midlife crises in their relationships. They've been together for 25 years and they're still checking up on their ex, still following what they're doing because they never had a chance to really sit with that loss. Mm. Give it the space that it deserves. People want to be the best version of themselves and they end up playing themselves. Who say that again? You know what I mean? Say that again. I feel like that is a natural part of being in a relationship. When you find the one, you're like, okay, it's enough. It's enough for me to sit with the ugliness of the past. Yeah. Close the doors. And I just want to shout out Sadell and I want to shout out Jay because he's the exact same way. Like when all this happened, he was the first person I told. I was like, look at this. (laughs) Babe, look at this, (laughs) you know? And I feel like he's just so understanding and there's just so much trust there that he's like, same as Adele, go handle what you need to handle. Like, I know you got it. And it bothers me when I have people who are like, Jay was okay with that? Jay, Mm -hmm. like, oh, wow. I I don't know any guy that would be okay with you talking to your ex. I'm like, that man's not insecure. He doesn't have anything to worry about. Like, Like, he's not stressed over some dude from my past who i have no interest in like come on now like (laughs) let's let's get it real let's get it really together right now like what you're think about what you're saying you know yeah and i that just made me appreciate him more and i and one of the exes had said something similar to that and i had to let his ass know like oh yeah my man is not stressed over you like you don't think he don't know that i'm on the phone with you oh for sure like for sure that and they love that they love that actually on that lunch date oh you know does your man know you're here fuck absolutely absolutely (laughs) one thousand and ten matter of fact he was i ran that by him before i even responded to you like hello be fucking for real right now and i think that and essentially hurt him more than anything i could have ever said the fact that you aren't worth Matter of fact, nobody, but like, but why would I sneak around with you? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm being so serious. Like, what what would make you think that you would cost me my entire life? Why are you be fucking for real? You know, like no shade to him for real. But yeah, I think men who are insecure in themselves can't really get on that wave and women either. Women who can't be secure within themselves could never understand. I will say it over and over and over and over again. 
I love Sidel's ex-girlfriend. I love her. I literally send her gifts and she sends me gifts. We chat. You loved him at one point in his life and you, they didn't end on a bad note. They don't even talk. But I love you for loving him when I wasn't around. Thank you for your service because you made him a great man for me. And you're married and have kids and you're in wherever you are. I don't even know if she listens to the podcast, but I think she does. I love her to my core for real. And they don't even have kids or nothing. Like, but she's a genuinely great person. What does their past relationship have to do with my current situation? I don't. Right. My mind doesn't work like that. And some women, men are just not capable of being confident in their relationship that way. And that's their business. But I don't, I don't give a fuck. Maybe I'm sure, maybe you're aware of the weird ones, but there's maybe a billion, there's a billion people in this world. And to think that your partner has never liked, looked, loved somebody else is insane. Right. That's insane. You don't own that person. So you choose every single day to be with each other. You choose every single day to grow in love with each other and to stay in alignment with each other. You should have these conversations easy these are right. easy conversations hard conversations like are when you gotta sneak around hello like this is easy mm-hmm. shit this is level one yeah. shit the hard shit is literally you're on your deathbed and i'm preparing to live without you right. that's the shit i'm like i whoo you know what i mean the hard shit is we're really facing some serious deep depressions together right now that's the hard shit. The hard shit is we don't know how we're going to pay our bills this month. That's the hard shit. The, the people, yeah. that should be the easiest part. The, the past, wrapping that up, communicating. You should be so in alignment with your partner. There should be nothing that should be secretive. Not, yeah. a, not a thing. You should be able to be like, I want to do some butt stuff. <laughs> you should you should you be that comfortable you know like yes. you should trust that your partner can hold you through it so i know i'm making light of it but yeah if you're not if you're not in a space to be a hundred percent comfortable with your partner to have the hardest conversations and is marriage for y'all yeah that is marriage essentially this ever evolving relationship that you're like we're yeah. life partners right. anything can it's happen. almost it's almost disgusting how comfortable I am with him because I'm like, I've never felt this free with a person. I've always felt like I've had to put on a show, put on this mask and be something else and hide certain parts of me. And I don't have to do that with Jalil. Like he has seen everything. He has gone through almost every emotion that you can go through with a person like, Mm -hmm. and has been there for me through a lot of things. So, and I'm sure it's the same for him. So, you know, just to tie it back into this, like, even if you don't have a partner and you have people reaching out to you, it's like, you have to use discernment. Like Mm -hmm. what are their intentions? Why are they reaching out to you? And like, is this something that you want? And at the same time, because I'm not saying that if, if we're tying it back to insecure, I'm not saying an old fling can't be, you know, who God has intended for you. But has there been growth? Like, what was the reason y'all <laughs> broke up? Has there been growth? Like, you know, it, it has enough time passed that you feel like, you know, maybe you didn't get it right the first time and now you can get it right this time. Mm-hmm. But if it's not that, 
And especially if they're disrespecting the fact like that they've made vows with someone else, or especially if it was extremely toxic, almost damn near abusive. I don't think that is the person that God has for you. Okay. And I think you should really consider closing that door. Well, there you have it, folks. And the lots, lots and lots of love to those of you in this Mercury retrograde who are being bombarded by your past relationships. Stay safe. Stay sane. Stay safe. Okay, and stay strong. And with that being said, that was our episode. You know, we got to get into our hot jam of the week before we end. What's your hot jam? My hot jam of the week is from the talented Victoria Monet because baby just released a album and I know we had this whole rant about albums, but she is one of them stars that I am just so happy about like she just puts out quality music okay so this is off of her new project jaguar 2 and it's called all right and it's giving me very much you know i love my little house music i love to feel like i'm it, i'm the center of the party right now like this is what it's giving me and it's just it's a little about i feel like it's on brand of what we were just talking about so go ahead okay. And play that. okay let's play it I see this in like a very like clubby, loungy, just kind of like vibing situation. Um, hookah for some reason is coming okay. up. Like, okay, like you know, just like you're just not really dancing, but you like want to have a little bit of sensual movement and just look good. You want to feel yes. cute when you listen to yes. You know what I mean? Yes. What are, what are your she- thoughts? It gives me that K Trinata sound that I try to find in a lot of other house music. And um, I think it was different from her. I don't feel like on her last project she had anything like this. So no. I was like, okay, go ahead, push that pin, test, test out different sounds. And I just felt like it really fit her. So like I said, I love a good house jam. And um, I really am enjoying this project too. There's a few other songs that I really like off of it. Um, and yeah, I think it's a great body of work. But another mini rant about her is the fact that she don't know how popular she is. And the fact that her tickets sold out, I tried twice. I was mm. on that little waiting thing. Within the first time, within five minutes, it sold out. The other time, within three minutes, it sold out. So all I am going to say is, Victoria <laughs> Monet, you are blocking your blessing. You need to start uh, touring get bigger, bigger venues. Get bigger venues, please, because we want to see you. So that's it that's it okay yeah that i love the album art too it's giving very jaguar like yes. i like that she played with the name and the cover art because it looks like something i've seen before i feel like i've seen a 90s photo of a jaguar coming out of a water like that in my auntie's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. remember back it might have been day, on that, that blanket it, might it have been was a, it was on like a blanket but my auntie was that auntie that had that like panther table 
Not the panther table. You know what I'm talking about. The coffee With the table. glass on top? Yes, girl. Yes. And yep, the rug. Yep. And you know what? My auntie was... Ex- she lived in a hood, too. And she had the... Um, hood special. Okay. You know how you have your blinds, like, right there behind you? Mm-hmm. The little... What do you call yeah. them blinds? You know what I'm talking about. The shades. I, I don't know. The Guess what? Apartment blinds. <laughs> Her shades was metallic gold, girl. Almost so gold, it was damn near a mirror. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she kept her nails done and she always had on a fucking tracksuit, okay? Like a 90s, like Nike tracksuit. Go. Auntie was that girl. Probably Aunt- still is. Okay. Her name was Auntie Luana and her license plate, she had an old little bucket, but her license plate showed it say Luana on it. So shout Ooh. out to my Auntie Luana. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> she was that girl. Okay. <laughs> shout out to you, Auntie. Not Auntie Luana. That is so funny. Uh, love you, Auntie. Um, okay. My song is Drippin' by an artist that I discovered. Her name is Eliza. Uh-huh. And she's very she's from the UK. This album is from from this it's from an album called A Sky Without Stars. She's from the UK. I don't know what her I just can't even put into words. She's so sensual. She's such Ooh. a sensual woman. But I love this song for my girlfriends. Like I actually dedicated this song to one of my girlfriends. And it's all about like it could be a little lesbianic if you look into it. But I, I'm <laughs> looking at it a little bit, a little bit. But it's very much like I love my friend in this way that's like I've been really craving an intimate relationship like oh. this is my friend I've been telling you about mm-hmm. you know we do all the things we're like soulmates like I feel like we jumped down together and we were like see you on the other side um so yes I dedicate this song to her her name is Asha her birthday was yesterday but this song is oh, called Dripping mm-hmm. okay all right let's play it That's it. What's your thoughts? Fill it in. Okay. I feel like it is very much lesbianic, but I I can see how, like, for you, it was just, like, I've been searching for this person, like, my better half in a friendship, and I feel like you finally found that because it's someone who... You know, y'all aren't doing the exact same thing, but you're in the same space. Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm, and it was just how you met. Mm-hmm. Like, it seems like, you know, just as you were, how you said you, you said you were calling her in, she was calling you in at that same moment and just how you met. So I could understand how there's this like extreme, like connection and attraction to each other. Um, and more so again, in a friend, friendly manner. So um, I like it. It seems very sexy. Like it reminds yeah. me almost of like the background music of we're in some sort of night market in the Middle East and yeah. we are looking for something or we are dancing together. You know, like that's, right. that's what I'm picturing. Like 
We're somewhere in the Middle East, though, when we're when we're listening to this, and it's very sensual. It's very very sexy. It's very mysterious. It's oh okay. All you're of describing her to a T because that is all things that she is. And oh, um, that this was like an intro because like we had we had a medicine circle literally a month ago and. I have not once been able to be like, I found a random friend on the street and I'm like, let's do medicine. And she was like, yes, yes, yes. Like it worked out so perfectly. So the way we do medicine when we're doing it like in a social setting, I tell everyone, create a 30 minute playlist of the songs that you feel called to to so we can like hear you because you can hear better under medicine and you can see the person that's playing the music better like mm. oh i understand you a little bit better kind of how you were like talking about like being high and listening to the weekend mm-hmm. like in that space you're like oh, okay like i see like what you're working on what you're about so my whole playlist was for all the ladies i was like i want something that's gonna make us feel really sensual really sexual and our power and our goddess energy i want to see y'all dancing and i want to i want y'all to feel like you're that bitch and that was the first song to my playlist and i was like this song is dedicated to you because she's a somatic dancer she heals people through their body movement and oh she was letting it go Mm. watching her dance to that song was just so beautiful so yes it was all of that and i know i've been saying for the last two seasons i feel like i found my person is they're closed Nah, i'm good like i'm not applications closed not oh damn yeah (laughs) applications closed (laughs) i'm good i'm not searching anymore i'm like oh i found her she's good we're great we all the things she marks off all of the things that i've been looking for for the last two years girl that's amazing yes so i'm like i don't need no more friends the, the the circle is closed. I mean, I'm Ooh. they show up, but I am not looking. <laughs> right, right. But I mean, I feel like you weren't necessarily looking for her either. It just kind of nope, happened. It just kind of happened. So. That was the message of spirit. Like, girl, once yeah. you stop and chill, it will come. Yeah, we will bring the friend to you. We will okay? bring just relax. the friend to you. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, yeah, that was it. That was the episode. I know we were not talking about insecure but we'll make that next week episode if we feel called if we feel called if we go if we feel called to i feel if like feel you know we, we we've seen we've all seen insecure but maybe we can make it like a short little segment yes. and then yeah yeah but i feel like we had a lot that we needed to rant about we this is a very ranty very yeah. whole venti episode honestly <laughs> <laughs> no for real but i feel a lot better I feel like I was Good. walking around. That sexy red shit did have me fucked up. So thank you for being able to hold space for that. You know what? And I appreciate you because you didn't want to say anything because you knew how I felt about these artists. I, felt, I knew you felt some way about Suki. So I was like, let me be respectful. Let me be respectful. I do. I do love me some Suki. But like, you know, I'm. this is the thing. This is the last thing I'm going to say. Just because you like an artist doesn't mean you have to like everything they do. Mm -hmm. And this is the thing that upsets me with a lot of like the barbs and like the whole, you know, craze fans. It's like not everything that they do is going to be okay. And y'all have to be real here and recognize that that's okay. Like, you know, some artists, some artists that I like recently put out some music and I'm not a fan. Uh, I don't I'm not fond of it at all like I feel like it's kind of bad you know given just because I had them on such a high pedestal but that's okay like you can admit that I can I feel like a true fan can be like "Mm, that one is a mm," but I know you can come harder because that's what you do you know right so 
I'm not just because I like an artist, their music and I like their personality doesn't mean I'm going to be like, yeah, to every dumb shit they do. Mm. That's just what it is. So I appreciate you as well. But yeah, no, the sexy red, she got to she got to go. She got to tighten so, up. She got to tighten up. Get on your Zoom. Okay, y'all. Well, that's our episode. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye.